Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, welcome to uh, the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry here at Journey Church International in Lee Summit. My name is Ryan. I serve as the Connections Pastor at Journey. Uh, Sunday was message four in a, a five-week series called Jesus and Inner Strength. Uh, we're in the book of Matthew still in Matthew chapter six, and our message this week was called Secret Banker. Um, welcome to those of you who are listening from around the U.S. As always, you can check out this week's sermon if you didn't get a chance to listen to it on the JCI app or on the website. And uh, as we as we have heard and talked to people, people are tuning in each week for ways to grow in their faith. People are tuning in to try to become a stronger Christian leader, trying to uh, become a follower of Jesus who uh, makes a difference in the world and everything in between. We're glad you're listening from wherever you're at. Pastor Christian, welcome uh, uh, to the podcast. Uh, we're we're talking about giving this week, which is a topic that gives many people a little bit of what I call church anxiety, meaning I think for a number of reasons their blood pressure spikes a little and their hearts beat a little faster. Uh, you know, we joke about that. Why, why do you think that happens? So I would reframe what you just said. Yeah. We are, we are not talking about giving this week. We are continuing to talk about inner strength. We are very specifically talking about trust. Whether you trust God, we're very specifically talking about where you place your security and how you view your impact on life. And all of, all of those things can be discerned by how you deal with money. So, so we are talking about money and we do talk about giving, but it's not the point. So mo- money is not the point. Giving is not the point. The point is your heart. The point is your trust. The point is your security. The point is your relationship with God and how giving reveals something about what's going on inside your heart in your relationship with God. Unfortunately, many people do look at giving as a money thing because many churches look at giving as a money thing. And there's, there's just, there's just, especially in in our world and in our country, uh, there's just something really, really sensitive about people's money, about how money's given, about how money is spent. Uh, there, there are people who maybe in their past, they gave to a church rather than seeing their giving as to God, or they gave to a man rather than seeing their giving as to God, or they gave to a vision rather than seeing their money as being given to God. And when those churches, those visions, those men, uh, failed or didn't go like, like they wanted them to go. They felt like they got ripped off. But the way we're talking about giving today, when, when your giving is to God through a church, uh, you think, God, I'm responsible to you to give. God, the church, the vision, the man, uh, the finance team, they are responsible for how they spend it. So God, I am only concerned with my part of this process and what it reveals about my heart. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give to something that's doing the work of the Great Commission 
helping people go reach the world, something that's doing the work of the great commandment, helping people love God on a deeper level, something doing the work of the great compassion, uh, helping hurting people. I'm going to give to those things that I know are important to Jesus. And I, I'm going to hope and trust that church has a really good system for stewarding this money well. But at the end of the day, God's not going to ask me, how did the church spend the money you gave? He's going to say, how did your giving reveal your heart of trust? Towards me, and that—that's really what this message is about. But people have had some people have had some bad experiences, so we try to we try to make it real clear at our at, at our church that giving is a spiritual act, not a financial transaction. Uh, if you don't want to give, don't give. Uh, that's that's no big deal. Certainly not giving to a man or even a. We don't feel a church. Uh, when you give it journey, we feel like you're giving to a mission, which is why we try to give the 15, first 15% of what you give doesn't even stay here. We try to send it out. And our goal is for that to be 30. Our goal is to get debt free uh, within a decade of moving into our building so that the first 30% of the offering that comes in, it isn't even used on us, but is used on helping those who are hurting, is used on the Great Commission starting new churches, is, uh, used in global missions and community outreach like that. That's our goal in collecting an offering is, to, is to give an offering. But people who've had a bad experience with it, it's, it's an area where they're going to have to work deep on their trust with God in their responsibility to God in, in giving and not, not let a church or a bad church experience stand in the way. It's a great answer because you're right. This, this message is not about giving. It's not about, hey, we hope the end result of this is that our giving goes up. It's right. about we're concerned about the condition of their hearts. Jesus was too. We'll get into that as we talk. But, yeah, we uh, – we know that sometimes people cannot hear the rest of it because all they hear is, oh, we're talking about money, right? Uh, which may be a condition of their heart. Right. Um, in, the, in the first section of your message, you share the biblical truth that Jesus watches how you give. Several places in Scripture teach us that Jesus sees what we do and even knows our thoughts, right? Here in Matthew 6, 4, it says, Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Luke twelve forty forty one I think is this great story of uh, of the the poor widow who who gives all that she has. It says Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. What? Why should this? Jesus sees what we do. He even knows our thoughts. Why should this kind of motivate us toward obedience? So let me go, let me go back to a point you made just before you dove into this question. A lot of, a lot of people immediately get upset when you start talking about money. So just a couple things to put into perspective. One, I'm not talking about giving. I'm saying what Jesus taught. Jesus is talking about giving. And you are not the first person to get upset because scripture said the Pharisees hated when Jesus talked about giving because they loved money. So I would say if you get upset when, when giving stewardship, tithing, generosity is talked about, I think you have to ask yourself, man, do you love money that much that you get offended when, when you, when you feel like somebody discusses it at all? Just an, an interesting thought to go back to your question. Uh, title of our title of our message this week is "Secret Banker," and and we go through these kind of secrets revealed. Jesus Jesus watches how you give. You have a heavenly bank account, and your 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 giving your money 
is con- is connected to your heart. So we learn all of these things. So why should knowing that Jesus watches what we give? And I should say this, Jesus watches what we give and how we give. I wouldn't necessarily say Jesus cares how much we give. Jesus doesn't think, wow, look, that guy gave a thousand dollars. Like Jesus doesn't care. Scripture says the cattle on a thousand hills are God's. God doesn't need our money. Jesus doesn't need our money. But how we give reveals the condition of our heart, very specifically the condition of our trust. So even in Luke chapter 12 that you quoted, it says that rich people came in and they put in large sums. Okay, great. Thank you. This poor woman came and she put in all she had. Why? Because she trusted God with her life. That's the, the point of giving is rarely how much did you give? It's always how much do you trust? And what does your giving reveal about your trust and your obedience? And I, I think giving should motivate us towards obedience because it's an opportunity to prove at least every time you get paid. The Apostle Paul taught the early churches that every time you get paid, lay aside some. And then when church comes, you can give it to the church and they'll help distribute it to do good ministry. So it gives you an opportunity every time you get paid to not only show the bank and the car dealership how much they can trust you, but it gives you an opportunity to show God how much you trust him. I mean, that that's how I say I, I, I see. I see so much of finances as a transaction of trust. You have you have loaned to me, Mr. Banker, for my house. You can trust me. I'll prove it by every time I get paid giving what I owe you. God, you have given me so much. I will prove that I trust you. And every time I, I'll get paid, I'll give what you ask of me, which is only 10%. Thank you that you don't ask, that you don't ask any more. But what you ask as a test of trust for me is to give 10%. It, it is give financial transactions are just trust transactions. Uh, and unfortunately when the bank or the car dealership knows they can't trust you anymore, they take their stuff back. God continues to give us chance after chance, after chance, after chance. And he allows us to grow in what Paul calls this grace of giving this gift of giving God allows us to grow as we talk through the generosity ladder. It's like, just start and start now, start small, start now, but begin to build up this relationship of trust and generosity with God. He rewards that obedience and it shows God, not that he has your money. He didn't care about your money. It shows him that he has your heart and he cares a lot about your heart. Yeah. And actually the next question I had talked a lot about this and you may have some things to add. Maybe you don't, but you know, trust in the condition of the heart are, are a big part of this biblical issue, as you've you know so right. clearly mentioned. And and these are two parts of the message that are linked together. Um, and you use a bench press illustration to help explain trust. You know, right. again, why, why are these two linked together? If you if you've got a little more to unpack there, yeah, we used a funny story in college. You know, all all the you know meathead football players asking each other, you know, how much you bench. It was a it was a gauge of how strong you are. Giving is a gauge of how much do you trust. So if you, you know, if you could, if you could think of people walking around trying to measure, Hey, I want to see how strong your faith is in the area of trust. You know, the, the answer to the question, how much you trust is not pounds on a bar. 
but it re- it really is your level of generosity. So as as we looked at what we call our generosity ladder that we've looked at before as a church, say so I want to start giving. I want to start. Here's the deal: if you say I want to learn to trust Jesus, is there anything you can do to help me learn to trust Jesus? Last week the question was, I want to. I want to be more dependent on Jesus. Is there anything you can help me do to be more dependent on Jesus? Yes, we can teach you to fast. That will help you be more dependent on Jesus. If the question this week is, I want to learn to trust Jesus more. Is there anything I can do that will grow my trust muscles? The answer is yes, you can start giving. So we showed this generosity ladder of how you can give. You can give for the first time. You can give occasionally. There are people who tithe. That word tithe means a tenth in the Hebrew language. There are people who give above the tithes. And what we did is we went back to this generosity ladder and said this generosity ladder reveals trust. So your level of giving reveals your level of trust. Usually when you give for the first time, it's because you trust the need that has been presented. You know, little Tommy's family, their house burnt down and they need some help. If the first time you ever gave was to something like that, what you're saying is, I trust this need. We said if you're an occasional giver, I give from time to time. It's probably because you trust your church and you see the ministry that the church is doing and you trust that when you give to the church, they're going to do something that's connected to your heart. So giving reveals trust. When you begin to be a percentage giver, I want to tithe, but I've, I've spent all my money. But I'm going to try to give 3%, then 5%, then 8%, and work up to 10%. When you begin to give a percentage, you are saying, I trust God's faithfulness. And I am giving back what he is what he has given to me. When you become a regular giver, you are saying my trust level is now that I trust God's faithfulness and I don't have to keep every dollar every time. I just trust God's going to be faithful. When you begin tithing, giving it 10% every time you get paid, that's because you trust God's promises. God said that if I would give him the first 10%, he would open up the floodgates of heaven and he would bless me in ways that I would never even know from protecting me to providing for me. So people who are giving 10% every time they get paid. People are tithing. They're showing that their level of trust is at God's promises. God has told me that if I will do this, that I can trust him. And then we look at this difference maker level, which was our building campaign. This is people who not only tithe, but then they give extra. Difference makers are proving that they trust God's generosity. They believe, like our core belief, that you cannot outgive God. So when you give at the level of a difference maker, every time I get paid, I give 10%. And when they're is a need or a vision, and God speaks to my heart for something that will accomplish the great commandment and the great compassion and the great commission, I'm giving more because I just believe God is generous, and he's been generous to me, and I'll be generous to him, and I can trust him. So your level of giving reveals what you trust. So I gave one time last year. Why? Because I trusted that there was a need and I wanted to help meet. I give every now and then. Why? Because I trust my church does good ministry. I give on a percentage. Why? Because I trust that God is faithful and that these transactions that God's going to take care of me. I tithe. Why? Because I trust God's promises that if I give 10%, he'll provide for me and he'll protect me. I give above and beyond extravagantly. Why? Because I, I just trust God's generosity that I cannot outgive God. So what we, what we talked about is your level of giving reveals your level of trust. And you say, I want to trust more. Take a step on the ladder. Take a step on the generosity ladder. 
by taking a step on the trust ladder and do it for six months. At first, it will be hard because it will be scary. But at some point when God responds to your giving, your trust grows and you never question that area again because you now have the experience of God in proving to you that you can trust him in your giving. Start small, start now, build your trust. That's the thought of this message. Tests aren't fun, right, for students taking finals, but that is a test that my wife and I took early on in our marriage, and he's, and he's never let us down. It, you know, we slowly but surely gave, and um, it, it's been good for our faith. It's been good for our hearts to see God take care of us. Uh, so I would challenge you uh, to either re-listen to that, figure out where you're at, and uh, take some steps to uh, continue to grow. Uh, I know you won't be disappointed uh, as you grow in obedience there. I, I love the part about uh, from your message, five things to do with extra money. And you talk about the American way and the and the Jesus way. And you tie in the powerful scripture from Matthew 6, 24, that we can't serve two masters. We can't serve both God and money. Because of the importance and really practical nature of this section, will you kind of reiterate this powerful part of the message for our listeners? Yeah, so Scripture says that if you have food and clothing, and I think we'd add shelter, Paul tells Timothy, if you have food and clothing, you should be content with that. Anything else is extra. So like if you have three meals for a day and the clothes on your back and anything extra, you like you have extra, good for you. Most Americans have extra. Not a lot of Americans have a lot, but if, if the basic necessities of life are food, food and water, clothing and shelter, most, most, not all, but most Americans have an attempt at that. And we have places like our JCI impact center and, and ministries that we serve with around the city that help people that don't even have those basic needs. Most people listening to this podcast though, have extra, they have food and water, they have clothes on their back, they have a roof over their head, and they have extra. The question is what do you what do you what do you do with all your extra money? We said there's only five there's only five things to do with extra money. You can spend it, you can owe it or repay it, which means I I pay my bills or I pay off my debt. You pay taxes in our country, that's kind of what, what you have to do with your extra money. You can save it or you can give it to God and you can give it to others. The American way says, me first. The primary reason that I have extra is for me. God not only gives me food and water, clothes on my back, a roof over my head, I have extra. So I'm going to spend it on me. And after I spend it or while I spend it, I'm going to try to pay my bills, might even repay some debt. I will reluctantly probably, a lot of people pay my taxes if there's any left after that, I'm going to try to save some. And if there's any left after that, I'll get like, I'll give, I'll give to God and others. And what we learn about the American way is that like the vast majority of people don't even have one paycheck in saving. So after they spend it, owe it, repay it, pay their taxes, they don't have anything in savings, which means they have nothing to give. So when you have a me first mentality of money, the primary reason God gives me money is for me. You very rarely take care of yourself or help anyone else. That's the American way. The Jesus way flips it. The Jesus way says, Hey, here's what to do with your extra. You got food and clothes. You got food and water. You got clothes on your back. You got a roof over your head. Okay. First thing I want you to do, 
first 10%. Give that to God so it can be distributed in ministry to others. You still got 90%. You need to take some of that and save it. Joseph taught the king of Egypt to save 20%. A lot of people say 15%. Some say 10, 10, 80, but at least 10%. I'm going to give 10%. I'm going to save 10% because I will not be able probably to work until my dying day. And, and I, I want to be okay on a rainy day. And, and one day I want to retire. I pay my taxes because I, I, care about the way my government takes care of me and how they take care of the roads and everything they provide for my country. And then after I have given, saved, and paid my taxes, I still have 60 to 70% left, maybe. I'm going to pay my bills. Hopefully, I don't have a lot of debt that I have to repay. And then anything left, I'm going to spend. Uh, as, as I said, you know, after I give, save, pay taxes, pay my bills, repay any debt. If I have any left, I'm going to go to Quick Trip and get a hot dog and a Diet Coke or whatever else I might want to do. But the Jesus way flips it and says, regardless of how much I have, I I want to have an impact. The reason I have extra is to impact the world, is to help take care of my future, is to help other people. And if I have any left to enjoy it. So the American way says it's all about me and it really doesn't help me or anyone else long term. The Jesus way says it's all about God and others, but it ends up really helping me and blessing me at the exact same time. So we just flipped the five ways you could spend money. We said, here's the American way, flip it upside down and you've got the Jesus way and you still take care of yourself and you help others. I just love the practical nature of that. So many people want to know, how do I live? How should I handle my finances? That was such a biblical way of here's here's what I should do. This is the Jesus way. Otherwise, I'm going to serve two masters. Yes, and, and I can't. I'm going to I'm going to be slave to the lender. I'm going to be I'm going to be struggling for a long time. Um, you dive into the Greek at the end of your message, where you kind of unpack healthy, the Greek word for healthy and unhealthy. What's at the core of our relationship with Jesus that we see here? So it comes right, so right after either one of these. So it's, it's weird because it's like Jesus is talking about giving and money and treasure. And then there's these two verses on the eyes, the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, the whole body's good. And if the eyes bad, the whole body is bad. And then it's like, you cannot serve God, God and money. It's like, what is he talking about? So if you go back and you look at the original Greek, the word for healthy is, is probably better to find clear or single. If you have a, if you have a, single eye, your whole heart will be good. Hey, what does that mean? Single eye. It means single purpose. If you have a single purpose, if you have a single focus, if you have a single thing you're pursuing. And basically what Jesus is saying is when your single pursuit is Jesus, you're generous and generosity builds trust and trust opens your heart and it opens your eyes to every area of life. You just learn if you can trust God with your money, You can trust him with your marriage. You can trust him with your kids. You can trust him with your job. You can trust him with your neighbor. You can trust him with your emotions. Like if you can trust God with your money, that is the door that opens your heart to trust in every other area. The word unhealthy in the ancient Hebrew is the word evil. We actually get, we get the phrase giving someone the evil eye. It's giving someone the evil eye is kind of looking at them with a, with a closed heart or a closed fist or, a closed demeanor. Jesus said, if you, if you have a single minded focus, you'll be generous. If you'll be generous, your whole heart will open and you'll learn to trust in every area of life. But if you have an evil eye, if you look at life with a closed hand, closed fist, closed heart, one, 
the way you give will reveal that. And that's going to reveal a soul that's not open to anything. It's not open to trusting. It's not open to helping. It's, it's not open to allowing God to have all of you because something else has all of you. And in this context, Jesus says, usually it's your money, which is why you can't, you can't worship God well if your security and your God are your finances. It's just really hard because you look at the world through a stingy, evil eye. You're worried that people are going to hurt you, take advantage of you. You're worried that life is going to get, get away from you. And you're thinking, I got to hold on to my own life and my own heart. Whereas a healthy eye, a clear eye, a single eye, a single minded focus on Jesus says money is just a part of the equation. Generosity is something that builds trust and trust is something I want to have in Jesus. So it's a really fascinating study that you have to really dig into the Greek language to see how it ties above and below to money. But then when you see it, it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Generosity is an act of trust that opens my heart to trusting God in all things. Stinginess is an act of fear that closes my heart to anything God wants to do to build in or strengthen me. Thanks for for unpacking that. I know people appreciate when you uh, dive a little deeper and help us to understand some of those some of those truths in the scripture and and uh, as well as from the Greek. Uh, we like from time to time to look at the reflection questions that you include. And uh, this week, question number one for Monday. Uh, well, the key verse was Mark twelve forty one. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. I, I mentioned this one earlier. What's your reaction to knowing that Jesus watches what you give in the offering and or knows if you do not give at all? How, how does that how does that make you feel? So, Ryan, for me, and I am by nature, I, I try to be an achiever. I try to be a pleaser. I think my, my nature, I've always wanted to please my teachers. I've always wanted to please my coaches. This is one of the very, very few areas in my faith where I look at this and think, I think I passed this test. Like if you look at everything that God has asked us to do, I usually fall really, really short, but I can do math and for some reason, I think God has given me the, the spiritual gift of generosity to know that Abraham, before there was even a Jewish law, so not Old Testament law, it's just spiritual worship, to know that Abraham worshipped by giving a tenth, worshipped God by giving a tenth. That was his act of worship. He gave a tenth. And then his grandson Jacob worshipped by giving a tenth. This is far, far before there were tithes and offerings in Israel. So like this isn't a Jewish thing. This is a faith thing to know that the standard of worship is a 10th and to know every time I get paid, I'm able to give at least a 10th of all the things I feel like God wants me to do that I fail at. I feel like this is one area for me where it's like, because I can do math and because I've learned a budget and because I, I try to manage money the Jesus way rather than than the American way. And I always have 10% if it's the first 10%. And I never have 10% if it's the last 10%. This is, this is like one of the only tests. I feel like I get an A on every, every time I take the money test, I feel like Jesus says, all right, good, like good job. You are really trusting me in this area. So for me, I wish in every area all the time, I could be as consistent spiritually as I am in giving, but it seems like to me to be the easiest 
seems to me to be the easiest one. If you can do math, if you can budget, if you can flip your finances and live the Jesus way rather than, than the American way, this is, this is one area I feel like you can get a, a plus on the test. If you can learn to trust and you can learn to be generous. And I feel like this area, just like Jesus said, opens your heart and life to every other area where you really learn how to trust. Always some other uh, great reflections that you can take as you are listening. Hopefully you grab these from either, um, these are in the app, these are handed out in the sermon notes every week. Uh, We challenge you as a step of activating your faith, as a step of growing in your faith, to take these reflection questions, do them with yourself, do them even once or twice a week at the dinner table with your family, just as a way to really think on what did we learn this week, how can I apply the truth of God's Word. Um, we, we know it'll help you grow in your faith. So great input today, Pastor Christian. Great message. If you haven't listened to it, uh, be sure to check out uh, Secret Banker this week in our Inner Strength, Jesus and Inner Strength series. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, as always, uh, if you would, we would love to have you share this with other friends, uh, share it with people you're trying to help grow in their faith. We believe it's a great tool that will help people activate their faith. And uh, if we can uh, answer any questions or uh, if we can do anything for you, be sure to email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. Otherwise, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.